buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. In the world of sales, you either sink, swim, or break through to the next level. My name's Colin Mitchell, and this is Sales Transformation, a new kind of sales show designed to bring you through the epic, life-changing moments of elite sellers so you can experience your own sales transformation. Hey, before we start today's episode, I wanted to bring you in on the best kept secret in B2B sales. If you're serious about social selling and your only strategy is cold DMs through LinkedIn, you're missing the mark big time. Learn how a fully managed revenue generating podcast can change your life and your pipeline at salescast.co. All right, welcome to another episode of Sales Transformation. I am very excited today to have John Stopper on. He's helping guide high-performance sellers, enterprise sales teams um, for strategic sales to scale productivity and generate more revenue. John, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great, Colin. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. This is exciting. Um, been looking forward to having you on the show. Um, want to just before we kind of dig into some of the topics that you're, you know, passionate about, um, tell me a little bit just kind of about your, you know, your, the short version of your, of your sales story. Uh, I got into sales. Uh, no one sets out to go into sales. You kind of back into it. (laughs) Who grows up saying, I want to be a sales guy? Um, Uh, no one, but I went to see, I started off as a writing code. Uh, programmer, analyst, systems analyst. And I was pretty good at getting people to describe the requirements for system design. So somebody said, hey, you should be a sales guy. Mm. So I went into selling uh, software to large corporations in New York City. So I cut my teeth on Wall Street and uh, always sold to large companies, which some people will call the complex sale. But you know, all Fortune 500, Fortune 5, uh, and started doing large deals and uh, got good at that. And then somebody said, hey, you're good at strategy, sales strategy. Would you be a VP of sales? Start running our New York office. And I did that and got good at that. And then somebody said, hey, do you want to run a software company? (laughs) So I got a shot at, uh, you know, being a CEO, I ran a couple companies. And then about 10 years ago, I started my own management consulting firm, North Star 8. Uh, and the reason I started is I saw co- tech companies in particular making the same mistakes over and over again. And basically, it was they go through very defined stages of growth. And it's in the transition from one stage to the next that they get in trouble. And so I developed a system for 
assessing the gaps in maturity around structures and processes for generating revenue. And so I've been helping companies for the last 10 years with their revenue growth strategies. Mm. Okay. So, um, so you, you sort of started selling enterprise type deals in the very beginning. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, the first deal I ever did was with IBM (laughs) and, uh, then, you know, you look at all the big Wall Street firms I sold to most of those guys. And when you sell to a Wall Street firm, what happens is then they take you internationally. So then you do a deal in New York, then you're flying to London to get that operation. You're flying to Singapore, or Tokyo, Hong Kong to get that. So it's a great springboard to start doing global deals. So that was a great um Thing And, you know, along the way, I started developing my own sales system, which I call the compass, compass selling, uh, because I kept getting lost in my deals, right? You got 10, 20 decision makers, influencers, multiple value propositions. And, uh, you know, so I developed a system so I could navigate and, you know, quickly orientate where am I at and then how do I execute from there? Mm. All right. So, I mean, so in that first role, you created your own system um, based on the challenges that you saw um, just in the normal way that organizations were approaching enterprise type deals. Yeah, I just I wasn't getting, you know, I took I read every sales book. I took a bunch of sales training, but they were all around tactics, how you sell. Yeah. And none really gave you good guidance around how you sell, especially in enterprise deals. So with my systems background, my programming background, I just started mashing together all these things I would find from different, you know, methodologies. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and I would look in parallel spaces, right. Which are great sources of, uh, insight, so reading military strategy, business strategy, stuff like that, I started incorporating those pieces into it. So what did the Compass system consist of? The basic premise is, again, it's a navigation tool because a fixed plan or a playbook that yeah. you see in transactional sales doesn't work. Fixed being the key word there. <laughs> That's correct. It, it's like, uh, you know, I think it was Eisenhower said, plans are worthless, planning is everything. Uh, or as Mike Tyson said, you know, everybody has a plan until they're punched in the nose. And uh, in, in sales, you get punched in the nose a lot. Sometimes you every, even get kicked in the teeth. <laughs> you got it. Yeah, it sounds like you've been there. So, um, you know, that's the the basic thing is, okay, it's really based uh, the core principles. When you got so many variables, you got to bake things down to core principles. And the core principles are time, velocity, and position. So you're always looking at what's my time to close? How much velocity do I have, right? Velocity is the energy that brings the deal forward. And then your position is where am I at vis-a-vis people, process, profile, and value? And that drives your strategy. So in enterprise deals, strategy drives your tactics. In transactional sales, tactics drive your strategy. So if you got to have a good strategy in place to drive what you're going to do or how you're going to sell, that's the basic, yeah, basic premise. 
Okay. And so how long were you in that first role there? In a sales role? In that first sales role. Uh, I was selling, uh, I'd say 10 years. Okay. And then from there, you took a, a, was a VP of sales position, right? I ran sales probably for seven or eight years. And then I was uh, CEO of a software company for seven years. Then uh, I had three other CEO positions. Each one had an exit. So I've been a part of some nice exits. Great. Okay. Well, I'm curious to know about your transition from seller to sales leader to VP of sales. What was that like? Well, it's, you know, it's a complete, you got to go back to square one. You think, oh, great. I'm this great sales guy, (laughs) right? I know what the hell I'm doing. You don't know anything. And, uh, you know, you got to care and feed for a team of people and you're accountable for their success. That's the big switch is I got to be in this for you, you, the salesperson. And I got to coach you and I got to be active. I got to go on your sales calls with you. Uh, yeah. You know, and uh, probably the greatest joy in my career has been helping some people be really successful. And, so, and, and I think that's where a lot of people who are successful sellers then to sales leaders uh, struggle a lot, right? Because, you know, starting back over, thinking you got everything figured out. Or the most common is thinking, you know, everybody should sell the way I should sell, right? And not viewing it as the way you described it is like, you know, your job is to basically, you work for them and you support them, right? As uh, these individual sellers. Um, And I'm curious from the time of that first sales role um, to taking that VP of sales uh, position, figuring out a, you know, new, uh, you know, back at zero coaching people and managing a team now. Um, had the system that you created in that first row, had it evolved over time or, you know, what, um, what was it like in, you know, training and coaching other sellers on that system? Yeah. Great question. Uh, Colin, you know, when you're a sales guy, you're, you're managing four or five deals simultaneously. And so I designed compass selling, I to orientate around that. But when I went into a VP role, uh, I'm managing 20, 25 deals or helping mm. coach them, right? So I had to adapt and evolve Compass Selling so that I could drop into any deal, ask a few questions, quickly orientate, and mm. then start working on our deal strategy. Um, you know, and that's, I'll give you an example. Um, one of the components of Compass Selling is what I call the value chain. And it goes from efficiency, effectiveness, risk mitigation, strategic growth, and customer experience. And 70 to 80% of all salespeople sell efficiency. Mm-hmm. My offering is going to help you do things faster, better, cheaper. And, but that is the weakest value prop that there is. When your deals slip from quarter to quarter, they're usually yeah. efficiency value props. So the coaching is, okay, who do we got to get to to look for additional levels of value? So when you're selling to a senior executive, they, they, they care but not that much about their employees doing things faster, better, cheaper. 
with Aki, right? If you're working weekends, I don't really care. I'm working weekends. Yeah. But you, what they care done. about <laughs> is risk to their business, right? And to their business yeah. plans. And can your offering mitigate risk to yeah. their strategic initiatives? So that's what I mean by strategy work. And as we look at deals, you know, we do these workouts and say, okay, who do we have to get to? And how do we map the value to their profile or their persona? Right, right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's why so many sellers lose to their biggest competitor, uh, which is their prospects doing nothing. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I'd say 75% of the, all the deals I've done, and it's over $2 billion. It's a lot. Not as much as a lot of people, but um, and guess where the money comes from when you do these deals? We we steal it, or my sponsor steals it from budgeted projects. Mm. So when yeah. you have a deal that's budgeted to close this quarter and it slips, yeah, guess what happened? It got stolen and reallocated to somebody else who outsold you on something else that had, you know, a they saw a bigger value in solving or a higher risk. Uh, that they didn't want to, um, you know, have to potentially um, deal with. Yeah, excellent. It's, I mean, if I see a deal slip, I go, shit, somebody stole my money. I mean, that's because yeah. you think about these senior CEOs today, uh, the pressure they're under around budget, your competitor's budget allocation. And if they see, hey, Somebody might not have to work weekends. They could do their job more efficiently. Well, hell, I got this. I'm, my hair is on fire over here. I'm taking that money. Just as you said, uh, you know, great insight, Colin. It's, right. Yeah. I mean, if the job is getting done, there's not a lot of motivation to try to get it done faster. Unless not getting it done faster has some risk tied to it. Yeah. So you're, so that's what strategy is, right? It's simply getting from point A to point B in as direct manner as possible. And so as we, you do these workouts, it's about how do I go get up that value chain? How do I position my offering from efficiency to effectiveness, to risk, to strategic growth? And who do I got to get to, uh, to position that? Yeah. That's just one example of some of the the coaching yeah, that you it, do. And when you mention like, you know, deal slipping um, and going, man, somebody stole my money, right? So how do you be more pro proactive about that to make sure that your money doesn't get stolen? Because it yeah, could be I, to a product or a service that has nothing to do with what you do, right? They might be meeting with three people just like you to solve a specific problem. But if something else becomes more of a priority, um, how do you mitigate your own risk as an enterprise seller to make sure your money doesn't get stolen? Yeah, you, you know, one of the things that starts early in your sales process and a mistake, it's not a mistake, but you got a strategic decision to make. Do I go narrow and deep or broad? And if you go narrow and deep, you get your sponsor. And all your activities with that one person, you get what I call single-threaded. 
you don't get enough optic into what's going on in the organization. And so I like to build a strategy where we get as broad as possible and leverage my team to bridge to as many people in the buyer as possible. Mm. Right. So you're saying, Hey, what else is going on in your company? What are some of the pressures you have? So you're not just selling your product, you're doing discovery and learning about their business and the pressures they're facing across the board. And then you could do, you could early in my career, I got uh, thrown out of a a CIO of Merrill Lynch's office twice. um, (laughs) Cause I kept trying to pitch him on my product. And he said, don't come back until you can tell me something I don't know. And that was the best lesson I ever received. So I'm kind of, you know, coaching to constantly say, okay, how can we go to senior executives and give them insight about something they might not see that our offering can help them with. So not an easy task to do. (laughs) Yeah, it's, uh, well, you can, you, I like to use the assets of your company. So get your CEO involved in the sales process to call their CEO, your head of product management, your head of development, whatever assets you have. It's really building those bridges. And that's a key part is bridging strategy. Because in enterprise, companies buy from companies. Companies don't buy from a salesperson. So the more relationships that you could build, the stronger the bonds are. You become part of their culture. And it really strengthens the allocation of capital to your, your offering. Right, right. So it's more, it's more of a team selling approach, you know, um, when you're selling at that level. Exactly. That, that's the other basic premise. It's the use. It's how do I de- manage and deploy a deal team? I've had deals where I've had as many as 30 bridges built, right? 30 people from my company bridge, but the deal came out to be over $40 million. So it was, I'm the, I'm more the orchestrator, right? I'm just, I'm not the primary relationship. I'm facilitating, I'm a dater, you know, I'm like the dating app. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of connections to make. It was crazy. One deal. But look at what happened. I mean, and, you know, for sell, for salespeople today, I mean, by getting good at strategy, I'm telling you, it. when I was just selling because of my technical acumen, I was making a buck 20, buck 50. And then when I got good at tactics, you know, more knowing how to sell, you know, doubled my income, which was pretty cool. But when I got mm. good at strategy... All of a sudden, you're making four, five, six hundred over a million. I mean, it's it transforms your life. And once you start operating at that strategic level, you start meeting with more senior executives, and you start playing so, at that level. So there's a lot of enterprise sellers that aren't quite pay, playing at that level. What can they do to be more strategic in their deals and work towards or getting to play at that level? Yeah, there's, it's, first of all, get a planning process, not a plan in place, but a planning process. Um, I just read a great book, The Lion Hunters, or The Lion Tracker's Guide to Life. Have you heard of that book? I have not, no. 
Uh, it's written by this guy. Uh, I forget his name. Boyd something. Um, he was actually grew up in a safari camp where they track lions. And the motto of the book is, I don't know where I'm going, but I know exactly how to get there. Mm. And it, it's sort of that way with enterprise deals. It's get a planning process in place. You don't know what your final deal is going to look like, but have a process for knowing who you got to meet with, how you're going to uh, map value to them, uh, research to profile the company. The profile of the company tells you a lot about how they're going to buy. And then you got to map your sales process to their buying process as opposed yeah. to just trying to get them to follow yours. Yeah, that's that's where a lot of stubborn sellers lose deals, right? Trying to get your buyers to buy the way you sell. Yes. The you know, there's so much pressure for salespeople to close a deal this quarter. Um you know, it, it takes a life of its own. And the only way you're going to make your numbers by having as many, a lot of ac active deals at the same time. Not by giving discounts. <laughs> it's that's the, uh, you know, we all fall into that trap, right? Yeah. I mean, what do, what do you see? I mean, you, you, you're in the sales, you talk to a lot of sales leaders and salespeople. What do you see some of the challenges? Today. Yeah. I mean, some of the challenges that I think we've talked about quite a few of them, right. Is, you know, um, not being strategic in the deals, um, you know, not having a process or trying to get your, your, uh, buyers to buy the way you sell. Right. Like, I mean, sellers are coming in to deals pretty informed, you know, a lot of times if it's a problem that they really give a damn about solving, They've already done a lot of work to even engage with you, the seller. And a lot of sales organizations are wanting them to take, you know, several steps back in the sales process when they're already a little bit further along than we've seen them before because of, you know, where technology is, the amount of information that's available online. Um, and you're going to lose deals because of that, you know? So you kind of want to meet your buyers. You don't want to skip steps. There's some basic things you can't skip over. I get that. Um, but you're trying to get, you know, a lot of folks are stuck trying to get their buyers to take a few steps back when they're already further along by the time they engage a seller. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big issue. I, I see it reversing. You know, they were saying 80% of the buyer's <clears throat> journey's done before they engage a salesperson. I'm seeing that reverse now. They're actually engaging them sooner because there there's so much coming at them that they're looking for insights early. And yeah. the company, the other th danger is assuming that buyers today know what their buying process is. I think yeah. COVID is sort of blown up. They don't know how to buy your your product. You got to educate them. Yeah, yeah, and. Um you know, I think the, the the one thing that you said is really true too, is, <clears throat> you know, ha have a process, right? And the process is, is got to have some flexibility to it as well. Right. Um, and, you know, uh, mapping your sales process to their buying process and, you know, the challenges, like you said, they don't always know their buying process. It's, you know, it changes, it's different, you know, there's, right. 
now there's, you know, maybe more people involved that have to sign off and, um, you know, getting all those different value props to the different stakeholders um, and getting them to all agree and buy in that your solution is the one that's, you know, worth stealing money from something else that was already budgeted. Right. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a tough gig, man. It's a tough gig. It's always been tough. I, I don't, people say sales is harder today. I think it's always been a tough job. Um, you know, and the people that, that, the toughest job is a sales VP, a CRO. <clears throat> uh, you know, there's so much operational pressure on these folks today, right? You got to get all this software installed. You got to manage your forecast. Um, and boy, if you give a bad forecast, I've seen more people lose their job over that than anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with so many people not hitting quota, <laughs> it's, it's hard to fa- forecast accurately, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, forecasting is interesting. Uh, forecasting is a language is what it really is. Think about this, Colin. It, it goes from the most junior salesperson all the way to the chairman of the board. Right. And mm-hmm. it goes through the entire company. What's the forecast? How's the quarter look? How's the month look? And when I go to a company to build up a revenue plan, the first thing I look at and ask for is, give me your forecast. Tell me how you do it. It shows you the culture of the company. And it, it tells you a lot about their structures and processes. Mm. I, think and so, I think they're doing it wrong. In a lot of cases, people don't know how to forecast and it gets them in trouble. You know, I, I spoke to one, um, you know, revenue leader over at Sales Loft, and he's also a, you know, sales leader, a revenue leader slash coder. <laughs> and he's, he's, you know, um, gotten it as close as I've, you know, accurate, the closest accurate forecasting that I've ever heard anybody say. Um, but there's very few leaders that have that skill set <laughs> to get it yeah. accurate, you know? Yeah. Um, let me ask uh, his what, name's what Jeremy, you his, his name's Jeremy Donovan. Great company sells loft. Yeah. What do you see as some of the the big challenges for sales leaders today? You know, from your seat besides forecasting obviously. Forecasting, you know, recruiting and keeping top talent, you know, that's that's a that's a big challenge. I mean, there's there's a lot of options that sellers can pick, you know, and the younger generation of sellers are, they value different things than, you know, um, and also just, you know, maybe not having a one size fits all comp plan, right? I mean, everybody values different things. There's a lot of, you know, younger sellers that, um, would join an organization just because of the opportunity and mentorship from a specific sales leader. And it's not necessarily about the the base or the comp plan or the OTE, right? Um, so understanding what sort of culture you want to build, right? And understanding what, you know, these potential recruits value and not making a lot of assumptions around everybody values the same thing. Not, you know, not everybody's money motivated, and everybody thinks that sellers 
have to be money motivated. Um, and I used to think that way too. And it's not true. Yeah. Money What's your com- thoughts on that? Well, money comes, right? You can't focus. It's, it, um, you want to be great at your craft. And if you're great at your craft, the money comes with it. So you focus mm-hmm. on developing your skills. Um, you know, I, I want to ask you about sales coaching and training. I, uh, I took this compass selling course. In fact, we're building it into an e-learning course yeah. uh, that we're going to launch in a month here. Um, it, it, I just see this gap that sales leaders don't have the time to coach their people. They're too busy yeah. with other stuff. Um, I, I did some market research. I go into LinkedIn, type in sales uh, trainers, sales coaches. Yeah, I got over 12,000 hits. <laughs> I went to Amazon and put in sales books. There's over 200. But Everything I see, people are screaming for for coaching and training. What's your thoughts on that? I mean, the thing with sales is like there's process and strategy and frameworks and ways to get the job done. Um, But everybody, there's there's different nuances and personalities of ways of getting it done and styles and things like that. So there's always opportunity to be learning more and, you know, sales leaders can only provide so much, you know? And I think that a lot of times they, you know, if they can let, if they can put their ego aside for a minute and realize that they don't have to be the only one to teach their team everything, um, then yeah. And there's a lot of organizations that already do this, right. Where they give, you know, stipends for educational budgets for their sellers to, you know, put towards training or, you know, buy courses or work with, you know, people or, um, things like that. And that's why a lot of the programs too are always offering like certificates when you complete, cause then they can take that certificate back and, you know, get reimbursed all or a portion of, you know, what they spent out of their own pocket to, you know, take their, um, growth as a seller into their own hands. You know, if you're not getting enough for support or resources from the organizations, like that's, you know, it's, it's on you to take ownership as a seller to get what you need to take yourself to the next level. Yeah, that's good insight. It's funny. Um, sales VP, I think the biggest problem, and I was just as bad as anybody, you know, I think I know everything and, you know, I wouldn't, would be rare for me to be impressed by somebody to bring them in. Although I always had a trainer. Uh, I, I still have coaches today. I still pay for sales coaches. Um, but it was so bad. I sell to uh, the board and to CEOs. And then they usually go and they go, Hey, you VP of sales, you must do this training. So sometimes you got to come in from above to help them out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, John, this has been uh, fantastic having you on really enjoyed these topics, tons of value here for, for uh, enterprise sellers and, and such. Um, what's the best way for people to learn about, you know, about the course that you're dropping and, and, and about, you know, anything that you're doing, where's the best place for them to follow, connect and get that information from you. Yeah, they could go to uh, my website, 
uh, northstar8.com, northstar number eight, or check me out on LinkedIn, uh, John Stopper, or our company page, northstar8 on LinkedIn. Um, you know, be happy. Just give me a call. Send me an email. In mail. Happy to. You know, if somebody's got a deal that they need work on, give me a call. I'm happy to help you. I love doing this stuff. So no obligation. Awesome. Awesome. Incredible. The bigger um, and the, the hairier the deal, the better. <laughs> the hairier. That's yeah. it. Bring all your hairy deals to John. That's right. Help, him, help you knock them down. That's great. Um, we'll include your LinkedIn there, link to the website in the show notes, everybody. Um, thanks again for coming on, John. If you enjoyed today's episode, please write us a review, share the show with your friends. It really does help us out. Um, and we're always listening for your feedback. You can go to salestransformation.fm. Drop me a voice DM and I will get back to you. Hey, you stuck around. That tells me you're serious about your own sales transformation. If you're tired of doing things the old way and want to get started in your journey with other people on the same path, head over to salescast.community and crush your numbers on your leaderboard. Yeah, it's free. Salescast.community. Send me a DM with your best pitch and mention this ad and I might even give you free access to our best templates.